Welcome to Roman's Road, the podcast of me, Eddie Roman. This is where we talk about evangelism and apologetics and all kinds of Christian stuff. Public evangelism comes with its challenges. Believe it or not, there are times when people actually do not want you to evangelize near their store or in their vicinity for many different reasons. So from time to time, security guards or the police are called in and street preachers, evangelists, can find themselves being approached by law enforcement. And if you choose to go to an abortion clinic and stand against abortion, chances are pretty high that the clinic itself will be calling the police and you will be having a conversation. Happens all the time. So sometimes when you're asked to stop your evangelism um, and move it along, it could be for a good reason. Maybe you're blocking traffic. And at other times, not so much. A lot of stuff happens out there where law enforcement or security guards um, just try to stop you for reasons that actually are not legal, are not just. So to wade through that on today's show... We're going to deal with some of the legal aspects of public evangelism, and since I am not an expert at law, I went and found someone who is. Ladies and gentlemen, today on the show, we have Brad Dacus, the president of Pacific Justice Institute. Brad, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, it's great to be on the show. Thank you. Yeah. You know, you can learn more about Pacific Justice Institute and what they do at Pacific Justice Dot org. Um, but today I just wanted to uh, talk about a couple different things. To start out with, I'd like to talk about gospel tracts, handing out Christian literature. You know, there's an indoor shopping mall not too far from me, Brad, and the Christians that I know, if I was to ask them, you know, you want to go there and hand out some tracts, most of them are going to say, you know what, we can't go there because every time we go there, the security guard's going to tell us to leave. And so my question is, where am I allowed to hand out gospel tracts, and where is it illegal for me to hand them out? Where, where can I do that? Yeah, well, the general rule is that you're free to hand out gospel tracts uh, wherever you're in a uh, traditional public forum, like um, on a public sidewalk in a business area, commercial area, public area, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not in a, in a residential community standing in front of someone's home. That's a, a, a different issue, especially if you're targeting someone in their home. Uh, but generally speaking, on public sidewalk, public places, also in public parks. That's another traditional public forum. And we at Pacific Justice Institute have defended a, a, a number, a good number of ministers, pastors, uh, who have been criminally charged and prosecuted, though, for public evangelism, even though they have been in protected areas uh, like uh, a public park or on a public sidewalk. So there's no guarantee they're not going to be challenged, but they are legally protected. And uh, we uh, at Pacific Justice have a very uh, good uh, track record of uh, defending ministers and pastors who've been criminally prosecuted for evangelizing across the United States. And unfortunately, this has been relatively new. You know, we've only really seen this kind of prosecution taking place in the last four or five years. Wow. So it's, uh, it's really taking on uh, an urgency and a, and a higher importance. And we've been uh, defending people all across the country uh, being prosecuted criminally even though they are constitutionally protected. Yeah, depending on where I'm at and and who the officer is a lot of times, either we'll be told you can't do this or maybe the officer will listen to us and they'll say, well, that's fine. And then they'll go talk to the person that made the complaint. But it seems to be there's a lot of gray area out there as far as what we're being told. And um, what you're saying is, is that happens all the time and you are in the business of defending the, the Christians, the pastors, the different people who are confronted unjustly with those kinds of issues. 
And yeah, and I, I want to and I want to say right up front, if if people like are thinking like, oh, you know, that was a point he said, or what did he say here? Or, I'm not sure I understood, you know, right on this point. Um, feel free to go to our website, and people can not only sign up to get our Legal Insider uh, newsletter update uh, once a week, and it's mm. very short to the point, especially if it's great for prayer support. So I really encourage people to do that. Um, but also, we have on our online uh, a resource called Public Evangelism Q and A content, and it's uh, very uh, detailed, very uh, helpful. Um, and they can get, go to it. Just go to pji.org. That's P for Pacific, J for Justice, I for Institute. dot org. We also do our, our work completely without charge, all across the United States, and we're very unique. One reason we take on these cases so much is because other uh, organizations, legal groups, won't. Uh, they often they they basically often cherry pick the high profile cases. Hmm. We're very unique in that we work hard to make sure that Ed that no one is left on the side of the road. Uh, that if it falls in our mission statement, we will represent them without charge, all the way to the Supreme Court if necessary. And uh, that's a, a, a wonderful hallmark of distinction that uh, we have lived by for now for more than uh, 20 years since our founding in 1997. Wow. So, so you are much different than an attorney's office. You, you are more of a nonprofit organization. So oh, right. Yeah, we're, we're loaded. We have uh, attorneys um, in... Uh, uh, occupying uh, in, in nine offices in uh, five states. We have a huge attorney network as well, hundreds of attorneys all across the United States. We have cases in, in Florida, New York. Um, uh, I have two cases in Dallas right now defending uh, actually the ministers, street preachers. And then, of course, we get involved in many other kinds of cases like deal with churches like land use zoning restrictions, uh, evangelizing in public schools, and uh, in the workplace, uh, some other resources, for example, we have a book called uh, Reclaim Your School. They can download for free on how to legally evangelize public schools, uh, how parents can uh, protect their kids through opt-out forms uh, in public schools across the country. Uh, for business owners, we have a training video called Faith in the Workplace. Part one, part two trains them specifically how they can evangelize their employees, their customers, their community, completely without charge. Wow. So we're really in, in, involved in providing lots of legal defense, uh, but at the same time, time, we want to equip them and empower them to be as bold and effective with the, the gospel as, as they can, given where God's placed them. And those resources are available, once again, completely without charge on our website. People just have to sign in, and they can have full uh, access to those resources uh, right now at pji.org. That is wonderful. And I have a feeling I will be spending a lot of time on that website, because this is these are issues that come up constantly. Um, let's talk about right. let's talk about street preaching f- for a minute. A while back, I was preaching outside an abortion clinic, and I was told to turn my amplifier off. I had a little little speaker that I that I carry on me. I either need to turn it off, or I'm going to be cited, um, possibly arrest arrested. And what confused me was this was a place where I'd been there many times before. Officers had seen me before. It's actually in a business district not a residential area. And so my question is, um, concerning sound amplification, can a city ban sound amplification, um, such as a, you know, a bullhorn or a speaker system? What, what are the laws concerning sound amplification? Um, generally speaking, the, uh, no. And the reason is because when they have uh, sound amplification restrictions, uh, they have to be specific as to the, the noise level. So they, they have to be, you know, they can't say, Okay, no sound, sound amplification above this many decimals. That's number one. Number two, 
when they bring something against you, they cite you up, threaten it to, to take you down or whatever. They need to have a measurement. They need to be able to measure that the fact that you are, in fact, above that decimal level. Um, we had a case like this in, uh, I had, I had personally in San Antonio, Texas, uh, where we uh, represented a pastor and, and out there preaching. He was being criminally prosecuted uh, by the, the law enforcement at San Antonio. Shame on them. Uh, they had this pending for months against this minister. And uh, I flew in, represented him, and uh, we got the it uh, dismissed. And one of the reasons was because uh, they had no measurement. Uh, they were just flying off the cuff, uh, which is outrageous. Another example, I had in El Paso dealing with a pastor. And uh, this is about making, you know, how things differ. A uh, pastor, a uh, policeman said, you can't stand over here, but you can stand over there. So he went and took out his cell phone and said, okay, officer, I just want to have this on record so I have clear understanding. I can look at this and know exactly where I'm at. So he's saying, I can't stand here, but I can stand over here. And he had it on cell phone, videotaped. The officer said, yes, you can stand here. He said, great, thank you. Two weeks later, a different police officer came over and said, you can't stand there. I'm signing up. I'm going to, prosecute. You're going to be criminally prosecuted for da-da-da-da. So uh, I'm serving the peace. And we had it on video where he was instructed, and we had it uh, dismissed. So uh, you, people will be challenged, but they do have protection. And when it comes to sound amplification, sound ordinances, uh, if you can have it on video, say, officer, I just want for clarification what you're saying. You're saying I can't have any sound amplification at all. Is that correct, officer? And if they say yes, no sound amplification at all, uh, okay, great. I just want this on, on, on video so I have a clear understanding of this and I can then check the law and, and confirm it for myself. And then I don't recommend you just be belligerent and get arrested. Uh, right. Go ahead and check the law. Contact Pacific Justice Institute. Let us research. Let us find out the nuances uh, and, uh, and the code. And ask the officer to say exactly what code. If you, can you tell me what code, very politely, what code, what provision are we talking about so I can research this and, and really understand this and make sure I don't ever violate it? What exactly code are you referring to for my, for my benefit? I really appreciate it. And then uh, you can convey that to us and so we can look at that. It's on record. And then we can go from there. I don't want anyone arrested unnecessarily. Yeah. So, but the general rule is whenever they say no sound amplification, uh, they are, are usually uh, crossing the line and uh, with regard to your First Amendment rights. But uh, do not uh, be belligerent. Get that on record. Ask for the code. And then we can research it and see what exactly is being required and mandated. Then we can assess that and uh, see how they're um, enforcing it and if it's constitutional or not. Well, so in my experience, it seems like, you know, I, I, I can honestly say that police officers have one of the hardest jobs in the world, and that's just, you know, keep, keeping the peace. I imagine that from their point of view, a lot of times they're just trying to do whatever they can just to, to get rid of the complaints, stop the friction going on, and it's a whole lot easier for them just to say, you can't have your amplification here. What you're saying is, with any law, there, there's some kind of specific Thing that's being broken and so if the, the officer doesn't actually have a decibel meter on them or some sort of measurement then they can't really prove anything and so no that's that's a that's great another thing that street preachers will be hit with once in a while is just the claim he's using hate speech and i know for me those are like dreaded words out there if if i hear that word coming at me i i, I just think oh no this is this is about to get ugly and i'm going to be accused of hate speech. And, and I mean, the, the label hate speech, it gets put on anything that goes against 
what a person doesn't like at the moment. Can my public speech be silenced if someone else, you know, out in the general public, if they consider it hate speech? What what are you know what what are some aspects of of that? Yeah, that's a really good question, and, and unfortunately, it's it's a sad mark of where we are today, and the the intolerance actually that we have towards uh, civil liberties um, by by a, a large segment of of our society. Unfortunately, um, that uh, you know want to use that word hate speech and silence the gospel, silence Christianity, and yeah. spread hatred towards Christianity. Well, the truth is, uh, in Cantwell versus Connecticut, uh, that was an important case where. Uh, you know, the court uh, held that uh, they can't forbid speech uh, just because people don't like it, uh, just because they're offended by it. Offense, people being offended or offensive speech is not uh, grounds to trump, truncate someone's uh, constitutional rights of free speech. And, uh, and so that's very important for people to understand that, uh, that they, um, they can engage in speech. Now, can they uh, use it to invoke a riot? And they say, this is sin, this is terrible, let's all go and, and kill them all. Let's right now get out and take out our knives and kill them all, let's go. You know, No, they can't do that. Right. They can't incite a riot, they can't incite people uh, to take specific action of that is illegal and, and wrong and or harmful. Uh, but generally speaking, but that people preaching the, the Word of God, Christians, don't do that. That's not our religion. Uh, some religions are like that. Uh, right. In the name of their God, they will kill and split throats and stuff, but that's not what uh, Christians do. So uh, hate speech, generally speaking, is uh, not valid. Uh, some states have adopted provisions that, like California, that say, uh, that, you know, they, they say that uh, hate speech um, is, uh, can be a criminal. Uh, if you're engaging in hate speech, um, uh, that is unconstitutional. Mm. Uh, we've challenged that, and they quickly dropped the charges. Oh, wow. uh, so there are states that are moving in that direction. Uh, I testified before Congress uh, with regard to hate crimes. Uh, that's sort of correlative with that because uh, uh, it often involves a, a speech aspect and expression, which may be ir- irrelevant to the crime. So, um, so, the, the, so the idea of, of speech and expression, that's very, you know, being silenced because it's offensive, because people don't like it, uh, that's, that's ridiculous. We had a pastor uh, who was preaching from the Word in San Diego County, California, preaching the gospel, reading scriptures about sin. So he's reading scriptures, and he was covering all the sins, basically making it really clear we're all sinners, covering all the sins. Well, one of the sins and one of the verses mentioned was homosexual conduct. Yeah. And uh, not orientation, okay, but orient- homosexuality, which is homosexual conduct. And that was just one. And in fact, so, the fact someone heard that they called the district attorney's office for San Diego uh, County, and uh, she was bringing criminal charges against him. She would not drop the charges wow. uh, unless he went through a LGBTQ reorientation program. Oh boy! Okay, we're talking George Orwell's 1984 here, right? And we said absolutely not. Our client said absolutely not, and we pushed it, and we were going to litigate it. And she, and then she had the gall. Okay, this is a taxpayer payer funded district attorney. San Diego County. She had the gall then to wait till the last minute to drop her charges. Mm. That's the kind of bully tactic that we see in law enforcement in some of these cities. Uh, we see it in, in San Diego. We'll see it in San Francisco, Seattle, uh, major cities, Houston, uh, 
you know, across the country where uh, law enforcement at times and district attorney's office at times can be um, outright uh, disrespectful and shameful in how they try to bully people uh, all the way to the point where they know that they're going to be violating uh, their constitutional rights if they continue for the prosecution. And they drop the charge at the last minute. So we at Pacific Justice have been very busy having to deal with this kind of thuggery uh, by uh, people who are often voted and affirmed into office. And, um, and we need to, to stand up to that. But that's another topic. Yeah. Well, that's so great that you guys are out there doing that. You know, one of the most volatile pr- places I know of where you can uh, attempt to evangelize or, or preach on a sidewalk, it happens in front of the abortion clinics. Obviously, emotions on every side are running high there. My question is, are my rights of speech and evangelism any different outside an abortion clinic? What are the specific things around abortion clinics? That's a great question. The, the fact is that people have tremendous protection to preach in all traditional public forums, including pu- public sidewalks. If you're on the, the outside public sidewalk, not the inside, part of the parking lot right next to the abortion clinic entrance, but let's say you're, but you're on the outside sidewalk that, that is right that separates the street from the facility right. uh, you can preach on that sidewalk and you can preach and you can share uh, you know I know I did some of that myself when I was in law school uh, I did some uh, sidewalk counseling uh, it's the most rewarding work I've ever done actually in my life was actually doing that there was one couple uh, that I talked to and I share with them and didn't yell at them I just talked to them and said I know why you're here these people here in this abortion clinic don't care about you they just want your money, uh, but there is a, a place here in town, a, a crisis pregnancy center that does care about you. Here's their phone number. Uh, you both know, I'm not going to keep you from going in, but you both know what the right thing to do is. And you're going to live with this for the rest of your life. And uh, I turned, and uh, not to be, you know, the issue with them, and um, and I heard their car doors close and their ignition start, and they drove drove off. Oh, man. And uh, so, I, so I'm telling you, I, I, we strongly respect uh, wholeheartedly those who want to, minister in front of uh, abortion clinics. I have a case matter right now we're dealing with in Dallas, Texas. And uh, I'm, I'm actually based, I'm in this uh, California office, but I'm licensed in, Cal- in Texas. So I have to personally get involved in some of these cases in Texas. But uh, uh, we're going to bat for them and uh, they cannot be precluded. Now, the city may have, that said, the city may have a bubble ordinance saying you can only have free speech um, uh, outside 50 feet, 100 feet, uh, from the circumference of a, an abortion clinic, or uh, sometimes you have we're dealing with public schools, you can preach, but you or pass out Bibles, tracts, or whatever. But it has to be at least fifty feet from the school. If you find one of those, uh, and the law enforcement says you can't be here, this you're inside the bubble ordinance. Da da da. Don't be belligerent. Uh, ask it. Get it on video. Say, can I videotape this to your officer so I have a clear understanding for my record, and I can research this. And then contact us at Pacific Justice, and we'll look at it, because courts have stricken down uh, some of the board uh, bubble ordinances as being too broad, too large, and unreasonable. Um, and so that's something that's very important. And I think that we're going to see some more court rulings on that as we move ahead with the Supreme Court, uh, thanks to the uh, President Trump's appointments that are much more First Amendment free speech uh, oriented and, and respecting than uh, some Supreme Courts in the past. So I think we're going to make even more progress on this as we move forward with future cases. Well, that's great. Okay, so I have a uh, pandemic-specific question. Um, you know, things obviously are are 
very different now. Part of that difference is myself as a citizen, I really don't know exactly what the law says as far as like me staying home. So I understand that I'm in California, there's a stay-at-home order. And yet, yesterday, I was driving by Huntington Beach. I decided to stop and, and take my allowed walk there. I noticed there's at least a 1,000 people on the beach. The, the lifeguards are out. People are swimming. Um, the parking lots are closed. There's, but there's officers around, and, and everyone's having a, a good old time. I go to another, another city, and people are getting tickets for, for even attempting to walk on the sand. And so it just, you know, right. it, it's, it's very difficult, difficult as far right. as, as far as my ministry goes, you know, last week uh -huh. I, w I was in front of an abortion clinic and the deputy comes to me, he says, Hey, you know, I can give you, I can cite you for violating the stay at home order. Um, he didn't do that. He basically asked me to go stand on the sidewalk rather than where I was at. I, I did, I complied. I did what he asked. And you know, but but he but he definitely held that I can give you a citation for violating the stayed home order over me. Right. And so my question is, what 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 is that? Right. What's going on there? What what are the, right. you know what is the stay at home order? What does that mean for people? Right. Let like me answer me? that question. Yeah. Yeah. Let me let me answer that question because I, I think this is very important. And I don't want to run out of time. Mm -hmm. um, first off, when you have a stay at home order, they can't issue those uh, in states uh, for a limited period of time. Uh, they can't be for the next two or three years. Um, and uh, the attorney general bar has made that clear that you know this is not an indefinite right for them to, to enslave people in their home. The reality is that when they have a stay-at-home order, they still allow you to get out. So you can go out to get groceries, you can get medicine. Uh, there may be some other provisions where you can get out, uh, you know, certain medical procedures, appointments, etc. So uh, let's say you're in that scenario, like in California, yeah. uh, and you want to preach. Uh, you want to go to a traditional public forum first. You want to go and get some shopping done, maybe pick up some medicine. Um, have that with you, okay? And then uh, go and preach on the on the public sidewalk. If the law enforcement comes and says you can't be here, stay at home order. So your officer, um, actually, I I came out here and I uh, pursuant to the the law, I went and uh, got some uh, groceries. I had some medicine, and I'm actually um, uh, made. Let's say you're walking and preaching. I'm actually walking on my way to uh, to pick up some uh, some groceries over here. Hmm. You know, you you can. Have that as part of your parameters if you want, part of your defense, and I think that's a really smart thing to do. Right. Second, um, uh, let's say you're in a, even, say, in a phase one uh, where you have up to 10 people, assuming you're, you know, more than that, you know, but you have to make sure you're making reasonable uh, measures to, to protect people, et cetera. Uh, in that situation, uh, you would, could, what I would recommend in particular in that situation, as well as stay at home, uh, California, is you might have a piece of chalk. And have like a sort of a mark off a bubble around you of, of uh, six feet, mm. and so uh, that way, so if people do start gathering, start hearing, they can't come after you. You've made it clear this is a six foot part. You're encouraging people, requesting people to stay outside of the, the six foot zone. Um, they can arrest people for getting too close to each other, and you can encourage them to say, stand six feet apart, everyone. Right. You're showing that uh, you've made an. You're, you're showing that you've made an effort to comply with right. the six foot. Oh. Right, exactly. So that's something you do in a situation like in California, uh, I would recommend, or phase one, uh, you can do that. Also, some states like New York, for example, or New York City have required masks, not just indoors in supermarkets and places, uh, but outdoors in all public places. Uh, so you may need to actually preach with a mask on. Yeah. Uh, people say, I can't do that. That's like, well, actually, you'll be surprised. 
uh, I've tested a, I have an N95 that I got a year ago uh, for uh, outdoor work. And uh, I tested that for speech purposes. Hmm. It's actually very, fairly clear. You can hear really well through an N95 mask. Yeah. Uh, even with ampl- without amplified speech. So uh, do not let that prevent you from, uh, from uh, exercising your First Amendment rights and speaking as well. Um, as far as like the beaches go, yeah, cities can decide to say we're shutting down these beaches. Yeah, they can do that. But if they don't, like in Huntington Beach, like you mentioned, uh, in fact, we are our affiliate attorney and our uh, Michael Pepper has been watching that uh, very carefully. Uh, he heads up our Southern California office. Uh, and uh, and he's, uh, you know, we discussed this. And reality is you have free speech rights. Wherever they allow people to walk and to be in public places, you have the right to speak. You, you may have to wear a mask if they're requiring everyone to wear a mask. You may have to stay six feet if everyone has to be six feet. But they can't discriminate against you because you're expressing and you're speaking. Um, as far as handing out gospel tracts, you may you have to do it in a way that you're keeping your distance. So let's say you're you're, you're preaching. You can maybe have those uh, on a little uh, uh, wall barrier and just put them right there and say, preach the gospel. And folks, right over there over that wall barrier, you can you walk over and pick up. Well, he's cracked. We'll give you the good news of, of Jesus, you know. Right. So I uh, just, you know, you want to be very careful and prudent on how you uh, carry it out. But yeah, Huntington Beach, uh, that's open game. That's fair game. So beach is open. It's open for evangelism. That's good to know. And um, lastly, in the, in the last few minutes here, the, the big question, the scary question, what happens if I actually find myself in a situation where as much as I've tried to comply and as much as I've tried to be reasonable, I find myself getting arrested? You know, what if, what if I find myself in, 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 a, in a place where I actually do get cited or do get um, hit with a misdemeanor or actually get arrested? What, what, do, what do I need to know in that situation? What, what do I do? Right. The first, first is uh, say nothing. If they're, if they're arresting you, uh, charging you, say nothing. It mm. doesn't, if you're innocent, it doesn't help you. If you're guilty, it doesn't help you. Mm. Okay, that's number one. Number two, contact Pacific Justice Institute immediately, no matter where you are in the 50 states. And uh, you can even uh, have this information on your, on your cell phone. Uh, you can, uh, I, I encourage you to, to go to our website, Look at the resources we have beforehand. Uh, take a look at that. Uh, but I encourage you, if they're going to arrest you, and they say, look, unless you stop, we're going to arrest you, uh, put out your cell phone and say, officer, I, I, will, I will see, so I just want to video just what I'm doing wrong, exactly the code. If you can just tell me that, click on your cell phone, start videoing, and just say, I want to understand clearly what am I doing wrong so I won't do it again and I can know what, my legal, what legally I can do. Uh, what, what, am I, what code am I violating? And just it, it'd be very respectful. Get that information. You've got him saying you can't. You're saying I can't preach here in this place because of this. Okay, thank you for that information, officer. I'll respect that. And I'm going to take a look at this and uh, and and, and uh, confirm what you're telling me. And then okay. then we've got it. We've got them making the threat, ordering you not to, and then we can move in and take bring legal action without you having to be have criminal charges necessarily brought against you. Uh, that's the best way to go about it. And finally, if you want to preach in shopping malls and shopping centers. Mm-hmm. Seven states, including California, allow that to happen. Uh, go to our website. You can get information about that, uh, pji.org. Uh, tremendous evangelism opportunities, particularly in states like California regarding shopping malls. We at Pacific Justice Institute have had tremendous success in this area uh, as well, but you need to understand what the limitations are pursuant to your state. 
All right. Well, that is great information, and I will definitely be checking out your website. Um, for all of you listening, I encourage you to do the same. Brad, thanks so much for coming on the Roman's Road podcast. This is going to be a huge blessing to Christian evangelists all over the place. God bless you. Our pleasure. Take care. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please give it a good review on iTunes. This is the best way for others to notice Roman's Road and give it a listen. The more Christians listening and learning how to evangelize, the more we glorify the Lord. Ray Comfort here. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, please take a moment to do so now. On your phone's podcast app, search for Romans Road, and when you find it, hit subscribe. It's free, and by doing so, you'll get all episodes past, present, and future. Then when you're finished, head over to livingwaters.com for a huge collection of evangelism videos, articles, tracks, and resources to help you share the gospel with those around you. That's livingwaters.com. Thanks for listening to Roman's Road. If you want to learn how to evangelize, check out my book, Search and Rescue, available at eddyroman.com. On my website, you'll also find videos and other things to encourage you to preach the gospel to your friends and family. That's eddyroman.com. See you next time. Yeah.